on this episode, it's Tad. That is Tad. Love him. With Beach House. Yeah. Tad and Beach House. Hello and welcome to Sub Pop Podcast, Season 2, Episode 4. Episode 4. I am Arwen and I am here with Alyssa and we are the hosts of the Sub Pop Podcast, which is what you're listening to and we're in the murder closet. You know how this goes. It's true. <laughs> hey, you know what I think we should do? What? Before we even get started, you want to take a trip in a Sub Pop grunge time machine? Oh my God, so much, yes. <laughs> I, I remember, I think the Afghan Whigs are, were out on tour, and they were coming back through Portland. We had a tour coming up, and uh, I don't think that Sub Pop was able to give us any kind of like support financially to help at that time. So I think we actually went down and met those guys in Portland and told them that we were picking up the van to tour. But that was bullshit because <laughs> that didn't happen. So we, we did pretty much steal the van. And, you know, there was a sub-pop van at that time that bands would go out and, you know, tour as long as they took care of it and, you know, did oil changes and maintenance. And we got a call and they said, what the hell is going on? You got, where are you at? You know, like, well, we're out on the road, you know, touring. You stole the van. Yeah, we stole the van, essentially. <laughs> But we, we told the Afghan Whigs that we were there to pick it up for Sub Pop. Didn't you uh, also get interviewed by the cast of The Real World at some point as if you were in the Afghan Whigs? Yeah, that, that was true. Yeah, that was at, uh, with Greg Dooley. What happened? Do you remember? It, some guy thought I was in the Afghan Whigs because he was really there to, to, to talk to Greg. And Greg and I were hanging out because we're old school label mates. And I, I love Greg. He... The and first time we the went, van from him before. yeah, <laughs> and he he was cool with it. It wasn't like you know, whatever. But uh, he he took care of us whenever we went to Cincinnati, which is where they were from. He pretty much showed us all around, and you know, we had a day off, and he took us all the cool places, you know, and just kept us entertained. And we stayed at his house. And so you end up sitting next to him while he's getting interviewed. Yeah, we were just hanging out. It was like sub pop. I don't know, 20 maybe? I don't know. And the guy thought I was in the Afghan wigs, and so I just started answering answering questions as if I was. <laughs> and we were laughing and laughing about it. And then at the end, Greg put the guy on the spot and told him that what was going on, and very uncomfortable for him, the dude that was doing the interviews, but... I mean, I don't think we were on his radar anyway, so the real world wasn't, Tad wasn't on the real world radar, you know. <laughs> to clarify, the grunge time machine oh, is yeah. that we uh, were talking to Tad and Beach House on this episode, and there was a bit of the interview that felt like a bit of nostalgia. And it's kind of funny that we haven't talked more about grunge on the podcast because of what people think of when they think of Sub Pop, as we learned in the airport episode. And also because when we said, who do you want to hear us talk to? It was 
Tad. Yeah, like across grunge. the board, people yes. are like, talk about grunge, talk to Tad. <laughs> so this episode, that is one of the things that we do. Beach House was also a very um, requested interview. And we get to do both on this episode, which is cool. It is cool. And that clip from the real world, I found that. Oh, that Tad mentions in there? Yes. That is a good find. It's from the season of The Real World that was filmed here in Seattle long enough ago that I was still like MTV had my rapt attention. Yeah. like, And it was before I moved to Seattle and I thought it was so dreamy, dreary and dreamy. (laughs) Um, But the the clip doesn't play out exactly as it does in Tad's memory. Like they actually clarify it a number of times that Tad is not in the Afghan wigs. (laughs) That Tad is from Tad. I think they each clarify it a few times. But what I don't understand from that sub pop grunge time machine clip, Alyssa, that I have to ask you about is the idea of there being a sub pop van. Oh my God, I know. And I actually need further clarification on that as Do well. Do you know so anything we're gonna about need this history? To, I mean, I've heard about it, but I need more information, especially hearing from Tad that it was shared enough that you could just be like, well, there it is. I'm taking it. <laughs> I didn't get the feeling that that was allowed. (laughs) I like that he said Greg didn't really care. Like, oh, okay. Well, we don't have anything to load out into. That's fine. (laughs) Right? Um, Yeah, funny that that didn't last. Can you imagine still trying to maintain that? Signing out a van or something? I mean, my guess is something went terribly wrong. Oh, no, I hope nothing went terribly wrong. (laughs) That is terrible to say. We did have a a staff sub-pop van, and... Plenty went wrong with that. In fact, we could fill a whole episode about what went wrong with that. So no more. There is no longer a sub pop van. And yet the real world is back in Seattle. What's old is new again. What's old is new again. And in that same vein, sub pop is reissuing a bunch of Tad albums. You can find more of that in Stuart's lovely show notes, along with that clip from the real world. And I'm sure a bunch of other stuff this episode. Yeah, Um, November 4th for those Tad reissues. There's so much more to say about Tad, and we are actually going to, later in the episode, play a much longer interview with him. It's not just the grunge time machine. (laughs) There's There's more than just nostalgia in this episode. And another thing that there is alongside Tad is the interview that we did with Beach House. Yeah. I believe we mentioned this in the last episode, but Beach House was an example of a band that was so busy, and they made, they had just like a little bit of time in their very overbooked schedule to come in and visit and talk with us. And part of what was making them so busy is that in addition to just this huge tour that they took on for 2016 in support of last year in 2015, they released not one, but two full length albums. (laughs) Massive undertaking for any band, but especially a band as beloved as Beach House. They put out these two records and then they're doing this crazy show. Thank Your Lucky Stars both came out last year. This year, 2016, they're touring a bunch. Just that in and of itself, that's a lot, right? But then add to that these installation shows. shows. So they decide the band that creates this light show. And Seattle was one of the tour dates where they had um, this special light show yeah, at and like these art galleries and yeah, art spaces. They would take these smaller, so they would have their show that they put on, which already has its own level of intensity. And then they were like, let's up our game a little bit with the intensity part of this. Find this small, intimate space in this town while we're on tour and convert these spaces into this, I mean, art installation, really. It yeah. was... I went to the one here. You got to go. I was. I. I had to miss it. Yeah. Unfortunately, but you got to go. What was it like? Well, at first, like they, 
or like bring a pillow because <laughs> you're sitting on the floor the whole time, which is not, which we learned last episode is not something you're into. That's not why I missed it though. I still would have gone. I would have sat on the floor for Beach House. So like you bring a pillow. So I get to the Fremont Abbey and it's just this line around the block and it's all these people standing with their pillows. <laughs> you just file in and then there's no light in this room. You're going into this dark room and you find your space to sit in. And it's super disorienting. This screen is there and they're behind the screen and you can kind of see them, but it's not the point. And then there's light being projected on the walls and on the ceiling. And there are these cases of these flowers that are made of light is what it looks like. They're just this incredible visual projection and you can't really tell what's real and what's not. And it's, you're sitting there and you're listening to Beach House perform and you're in this installation space and the light is ever changing in the room and you don't know who's in front of you or behind you or next to you. And it feels like this kind of sensory deprivation oh man and like overwhelming <laughs> at the same time <laughs> yeah um like almost like a very james trail light exhibit kind of thing it's it was really weird and really cool and made me feel super stoned but in a good way it made me feel like the anxiety that i can kind of get in crowds and nervousness didn't exist because you just weren't aware of it right because totally. you were so immersed in it yeah and you just sit there and the next thing you know an hour or two. I honestly have no idea how long the show was. And it's it's over and everyone picks up their pillow and wanders outside. When you came to work the next day after you'd first seen that show, mm -hmm. the way that you were talking about that experience and the intensity of it and, and the feelings that it gave you. So many feelings. So many feelings. Uh, it just really reminded me of the comments I end up seeing on YouTube for the Beach House's videos. Why um, do you, what are you doing in the comment section? Well, lots of things. <laughs> but I also happen to manage Sub Pop's YouTube channel. Which means Alyssa puts videos on the YouTube channel and sometimes has to like organize and make sure things are running. And then I walk by and I see that she's reading the comments. Sure, also. I'll read the comments sometimes. Sometimes it's not a good idea depending on the depending on the day. But with Beach House, oddly with different. Beach House, it's like any given day at any given time, I can just skim through and get a, basically the same type of response that you just gave. Like this super emotional, personal response. Usually people go to YouTube to just say terrible things. And yeah. so it's very refreshing and unusual and profound when you see that someone has something good to say at all, let alone deep personal feelings right so yes. what we thought would be you know help share some of that experience is just give a little sample of the most recent comments that i just did a quick search and found these and now we give you a dramatic <laughs> reenactment from the sub pop staff you want to read them all yep this album helps me with everything sadness angst stress everything closed my eyes and listened to this and literally thought I was dying. Every time I listen to this, my soul seems to get lighter and lighter. Now I'm depressed as fuck and this kind of makes my heart feel warmer. Each time the next song plays, I always think, oh yeah, this is the best song on the album. Then the next song plays and I think the same thing again. Laying on my bed at three in the morning, listening to this and I don't know what I'm feeling, but I love it. I want this album to be played at my funeral. Fucking love this album. Fucking love Beach House. 
had an MRI last week, and I told the technician to put on BCHAPs while I was inside the machine. I drowned out the constant beeps and whistles and closed my eyes to Victoria's euphoric voice. And when PPP came on, I started to drift off to sleep. So dreamy, so comforting. The present melts away. Space song is the type of song you want to have slow, deep, and intimate sex to. Heart emoji. So now that you understand some of the reaction, we give you a really lighthearted interview with Beach House. Yeah. Right. <laughs> is this is like the Sub Pop podcast, right? Yeah. Oh, I just Sub say Pop podcast. Thanks to Sub Pop. Thank you, Sub, up, Pop, Sub Pop, for Pop? putting up with us. <laughs> I won a donut eating contest in Millbridge, Maine when I was, I think I was 12, or maybe 12. I ate two and a half donuts. <laughs> <laughs> I've always, for some reason, really, really loved Steely Dan. Even though, like, everything they do is, like, almost deplorable or something. Like, it's just so, so cheesy and over the top. But there's, like, some sort of, like, unifying... It's almost like fun or some kind of, like, really wonderful property of that music. It's relaxing. It's freeing. It's, like, so controlled that it makes you feel like there, there are no, like, seams to reality. There are things in pop music that I really like that have nothing to do with what we do. And I think it's because it's different or the opposite or so ridiculous that it's relaxing. You know what I mean? It's because it's, I think when you work really hard and you're kind of serious about what you do, I don't necessarily like want to listen to other serious people. tried to live without regret. I really have. I, and I, it's really tried to... We're so, like, lucky. Like, yeah. I, can't, I can't imagine what I would have told myself. If I feel like I'm <laughs> going to regret something, I really... I, it's almost like this very lightning-fast filter that happens in my brain. Like, just now, I was like, let's take those pictures because we never know if we'll, like, ever be back here again. Or, you know what I mean? So you just have to use your instincts. Um, and we've always been very... That's been a huge part of our life is is instincts and intuition. It's fun and it's risky. 
and I think risk is very exhilarating. It's an exhilarating way to live life. Our goal was to uh, elicit a certain type of emotional or metaphysical space where you you didn't feel like the the typical relationship between performer and audience, and felt kind of more the kind of energies that you feel in a private place when you're like the private creative energy when you're just alone in your house drawing or writing or doing anything. It's a certain feeling, and then as soon as it enters the outside world, it changes so much. It happens with, like, everything, I think. Yeah. And uh, we were like, let's try as much as possible to, like, do everything we can with light and these flowers and our projections and our songs and the transitions and everything. It's just, just try to create something where we feel as if... The internal world be- did, is external. In yeah, that we're avoiding the whole relationship, the whole weird thing that happens. And... Uh, I think we learned a lot over the course of it, and I think we succeeded in, in ways and in moments, and in other ways we didn't. But it was a very cool learning experience, and I hope that the audience got a lot out of it. I'm sure some didn't. I'm sure some did. Um, but it was, I think it was, certain personalities. It was just an awesome experiment, experiment, and it made me just excited that if we continue to do music and we continue to do this with our life, that we're always going to try to experiment and keep moving somewhere with things. I don't think we could I don't think we can get factory with this as our career. Every this, show is so different. Yeah. There's so many like the ups nuances and downs were jo- for every really enjoyable. Yeah. They're enjoyable and frustrating and then yeah. enjoyable yeah. and challenging. Um, but it was like it, it is like any art form. It's it's a process and it's a never ending process. And um, I think last night's was like the most I think it was one of the most disorienting ones in terms of like people, I heard people were walking in and that they just like didn't even realize that there was a person standing or sitting next to them, just far out because it means that it, it's like a mental, it's like a mental landscape without too much intellectual thought, just psycho, psychedelic or something. I think we're also really lucky to have cool fans. Like um, we've been blessed with like people who, I don't know if blessed is the right word. We've just, you can say blessed. We've also like maybe just you know, s- um, you know, appealed to them or kind of found them through our own like intentions. Uh, but like, they're really respectful and caring kind of people in general. Like, we don't have many like yeah. angry, weird jerks coming to our shows. You know, we have like a lot of like kind people who really take care of one another. That was Beach House. Thanks again to Victoria and Alex for making time to talk to us about pie-eating contests and Steely Dan. Uh-huh. Really enjoyed that. And normally now in the episode, you'd hear a Mega Mart ad from us, a Sub Hop Mega Mart ad. True. Ad in quotations, right? <laughs> hey. But how about today, take a break from that and get a Hardly Art Mini Mart ad. Oh my God, they're going to hate it so much that you are calling it that. I and I'm it. only going to call it Mini Mart ads. I love it though. <laughs> 
So let's hear from our cousin sister brother label, Hardly Art. <laughs> So I'm not sure what we're doing. Me neither, obviously. Um, but thanks for doing it. Mm-hmm. So, who are you? My name is Jason. I am the publicist at Hardly Art Records. What should people buy from Hardly Art? All of our records. <laughs> How can people do it? Go to hardlyart.com shop. And that has all of our band's records. We just added t-shirts. Could be adding more. Do you have any other, like... Shot glasses, accoutrement. Socks. Yeah, you know how Sub Pop has all this stuff. Yeah, we're not as swagged out, but we do have the world's most comfortable and popular hoodies. I um, really do like those hoodies. Everyone does. They're really good. Yeah, we've got hoodies and T-shirts, and like I said, we're adding band shirts. We're in the process of doing that right now. Jason, what's your favorite thing about John Wick the movie? Oh my God, where to begin? Um, my favorite thing about John Wick the movie is that it seems like the kind of movie that would go straight to DVD. It's like so generic, right? This guy, his wife dies, his dog gets killed, his car gets stolen, he's like, oh, I'm gonna murder them all. And you're like, I've seen that a million times. But for whatever reason, like it's, it they, really they elevated works. the premise. Yeah. Yeah. Very well done. Beautifully shot, too. Directed by the guys who were his stuntmen since Point Break. Really? 100%. Oh, wow. Yeah. I like that I can get my Keon News updates from you. I've got my finger on the pulse of all things Keanu Reeves. <laughs> what do you think that you can buy at hardlyart.com? What has the most Keanu Reeves essence? What piece of merchandise? Hmm, that's a great question. Thank you. Let me steal on it for a second. I mean, the obvious answer that comes to mind for me, and I don't know if this is something I should be uh, admitting on a public forum, but I did once Photoshop a picture of him in a chastity belt t-shirt <laughs> that's on our Instagram account um, yeah hopefully we don't get in any trouble for that but I would say yeah get the chastity belt white tee with the steak crotch design as we call it yeah I feel like Keanu would wear that though yeah he's woke he's cool I think he would <laughs> drive around on his motorcycle blasting cool slut you know oh my god <laughs> you're the best thanks thank you Hardly art. Not as swagged out as sub pop. Oh my goodness. You Jason. said it, Jason. I love him. How beautiful is Jason's voice? It's quite nice. Number one like <laughs> voice in the office, I think. Wow. It's true. Number one voice. <laughs> what? Um, I'd never heard of that Keanu Reeves movie. I can't believe that, but it's incredible. All right, Obviously, I'll take your word everyone for it. can tell. It's, no, don't, no, don't take my word for it. Watch the movie. <laughs> I'd rather take your word for oh. it. You know, Hardly Art's 10th anniversary is coming up next year, and Jason was suggesting some sort of Hardly Art takeover of the podcast. We'll I just, would love that. We'll just have to see about that. Well, now I know you'd love that. Now that he has <laughs> the number one voice in the office. So we were talking about the comments that Beach House gets yes. and in our dramatic reenactment, but there is also some intensity from the comments from CAD fans that you see online, such as, fuck yes, hell yes, back when music rocked, like, yes, more of this. Yeah. Um, and it's like capital letters and bold and... Lots of exclamation points. Yeah. Yeah. So you can tell 
that the grunge fans are happy yes. at just the mention of Tad. And, and, if, and if that was your only experience with Tad, like uh, seeing the photos of Tad or the videos of Tad where he's fully lumberjacked out mm -hmm. and chainsaw and shotgunning a beer, uh, biting a beer. <laughs> And it's like the live show, image, right? Yeah. The live show, even mm -hmm. just in videos where you're like, holy fuck. Like you get the all caps and the exclamation points. You totally get that side of him. Yeah. And you could, if you had never met him, you could, you know, be excused for thinking that he might be like really intimidating slash maybe scary, especially when sure. you get those. Um, what was the photo where he was reenacting The Shining? Is that a poster? What I think it's a from? poster. Yeah, which I love that The Shining comes back into the yes podcast. And for those who haven't seen that, we'll put that in the show notes as well. But there is a picture of Tad Doyle from Tad um, with his face going through like a broken door, like Jack in The Shining when he breaks into the bathroom using right. the axe. Um, it's intense. Yeah. Tad, like Tad's music, the music of Tad is super intense too. Like I had said when I was first meeting him, I was intimidated mm -hmm. and then immediately disarmed because he was so warm yeah. and so gracious, right? Yeah, and that was my experience as well. And I had, people have kind of, people had set me up for that a bit. Like that was the expectation when I talked to, you know, Dean who works with him or my friend Shane who recorded a record at his, at Tad's studio. Everyone was like, oh, he's so nice. You're going to have the best time talking to him. But I was intimidated because not only is there this like intense lumberjack thing that I had seen, but he's also Tad. Like he's, yeah, he's like a really important part of Sub Pop's history and of music history and of my love for grunge. So I was intimidated for that reason. But then I got to his house and sat down with him and he was just... He was just a peach. We should just let Tad speak for Tad. Tad talks. Please cut that out. Fuck. God damn it. I would like to start by talking about Brothers of the Sonic Claw. I guess because so many people are going to have Tad as their baseline, how would you describe it against that? How is it different? Musically, it's slower, deeper. Subject matter, lyrically, is complete 180. You know, uh, the lyrics are more life and geological centric. A lot of the themes that the lyrics deal with with brothers is, uh, you know, on a, on a larger scale, like universal, like planets, for lack of. <laughs> You know, it sounds, ooh, space rock, you know, but it's 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 its own brand of thing. A lot of the subject matter from the Last Brothers record was dealing with uh, the impermanence of living and uh, coming to terms with that and trying to figure out how to uh, live purposefully and uh, with no regrets. In the early days with Tad, I was, you know, I had no thoughts about, you know, you know, when it's going to come, you know, death and whatnot. But I've gotten quite a bit older since that time, and you you start to think about, you know, what's going to happen, you know. So at first it was like, oh, you know, I thought, it, you know, I thought I was going to live forever, as many teenagers think you know and that went well into my 30s and 
early 40s. So when did uh, it change? Well, part of it was coming about from, you know, uh, being clean and not being out of my mind most of the time, you know, and not drinking. So that, that, that was kind of like a, an awareness of physicality and mind, body, and spirit, those elements coming to the forefront was, I don't know, I used to get ripped to, you know, because I enjoyed it for one, and I, I uh, just felt like it was the right thing to do at the time, and, and it provided a, a bit of inspiration, um, and it also was an escape, you know, and I, I, I don't want to live in an escape anymore, you know, I want to live and experience everything that it has to offer, especially even the pain, you know, of living. So then thinking about these reissues that are coming out, which by the way, people are super excited about. When the podcast started, we put out a call asking who people wanted us to talk to, and yours was the most mentioned name oh, talk, to, nice. talk to the people in tad how do you feel about these coming out again these records I, i'm really stoked about it i i remember making jokes with andino like i don't know six seven years ago i was like god it sure would be nice if they could reissue those things i, I get you know an email almost you know sometimes three a week like, why, why can't I find blah, blah, blah? You know, what's going on with that? Can't we just... And then I have record labels that contacted me, too. And they're saying, you know, you got to talk... I say, you got to refer them to Sub Pop, you know. You got to talk to them. It'll be a licensing deal, you know. But it's it's it's, it's exciting. And I remember joking with Indino. It's like, you know, hopefully I'm not going to have to die before they'll put this crap <laughs> out again, you know. Because that's usually what happens in the music business. when you listen to those records now or does it feel like just a lifetime ago like a different a different lifetime a different person yeah and especially when uh and dino was sending mastered versions for me to listen to and we're going back and forth on that it was i hadn't really sat down and listened to it i don't you know i i don't really listen to my music you know at, at first you know you listen to it just to make sure the mix is right when you're doing it and you know you'll hear it here and there or you'll be playing it you know I've, I've heard them plenty of times you know I know what they're about but it was great to be able to come back and like hear them from a fresh ear and like almost like an outsider because it was in a different time I'm not that person anymore <laughs> well it's 20 20 plus years or yeah. whatever it is 25 I don't know so the members of Tad didn't sit around just listening to Tad records for the last 20 years? <laughs> I can't imagine.
there was something about it that was uh, the band had something that was unique and special to it. That's you know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but it definitely had uh, elements that weren't being played out during that time. special stuff, you know? As a group of people, there's a synergy that is rare in music, you know, when you get three, four people together and it just, the sum is greater than the single parts, it's it's a rare thing, you know? We had that. because it still is relevant, I think. Even though the subject matter is very, <laughs> it's it's funny to me, and it, and it was funny that people actually took it seriously sometimes. We got banned in Czechoslovakia in the show because of our lyrical content yeah. a long time ago. Banned? Well, there was people that were coming and picketing at the show. It was one of the first, first shows we ever played over there, and it was with Nirvana, and like they were they didn't like I, I was going first of all how the hell did, did they understand our lyrics <laughs> and why would they even care you know <laughs> so I believe that you took a break from making music for a while mm-hmm. well how long was that break and what ended it Maybe five or six years. And uh, my other band, Hog Molly, had, broke, had broken up, and uh, I just w- didn't see a point in, you know, doing anything at that point. And uh, it, it just wasn't really floating my boat at that point. So I, I got into it, and that's consequently about the time I started getting clean and sober. And I decided that uh, I needed to focus on something that was going to help me to stay alive and be healthy. And uh, so that's kind of where that that started. I was in San Diego. That's where I and I had moved there to be with Peggy. It's before we got married, and uh, I was driving down the 805, and I turned on the radio and it was War Pigs by Black Sabbath and I'm like holy shit it brought me to tears it's like that's why I and then I remembered oh that's why I played music and uh, I, I felt it the energy and the emotion and I got that I got to do this again you know and so that was kind of the 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 uh, impetus and spark that nudged me in that direction and then it was you know a few years before I even had anything worthy of listening to because it was like what is this thing in my hands you know I don't understand it anymore <laughs> you know which is a good thing honestly but uh, it was Why different. Why do you say that? That it was a good thing? Yeah. Because you'd be doomed to be playing the same thing over and over if you're used to it you know 
I, I was able to, to see it with fresh ears, eyes, and hands, you know. something's like really just cooking and just you know I get I get emotional and I, I've been at shows that have brought me to tears because it's just so amazing to me it hits me that hard and having had that happen to me with music I can't not bring that to the table I have to lot less about playing for other people now it's a lot for me now and and for my band members I used to be able to you know I'll admit I I like to play in front of people and I like to have people moved by what I did but it's not as important to me now as it is for me to be moved by what I'm doing my name's Chad and you're stuck with me As an artist, I, <laughs> artist, quote unquote, <laughs> I struggle to um, keep keep playing for the right reasons. Here's an example: when I was in my band H Hour, I had set a time limit. If I'm not, if we don't have a record out by this date, I'm done. You know, and and I don't think that way anymore. You know, that was like, it's good to have goals and everything. That's fine, but it wasn't because I, I wanted to have a record out, and it was for the right reasons now. It's like, because I want to share this. It wasn't because I wanted to be famous. You know, at one point I thought, you know, delusionally, I thought, well, there's a chance we could become famous, you know. Right, the difference between the drive to create and the drive to just produce. Yeah, exactly. There's something about the energy of like playing and having amplifiers and speakers behind you like moving your pant legs while you're in front of it, standing in front of it and the, the tone and the, 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 the immense power that's coming out through the electricity and then having people there with you that are witnessing whatever's happening and playing with other people doing that, it's very powerful. And uh, I, I think that it, I, it was kind of like a, uh, it was like vitamins to me, you know? I loved it. You said that um, a few different times music has moved you to tears, that you really love to experience it and that you really feel it. What, when you say that, when, when something moves you to tears, what are you feeling or what are you thinking? Centered and grateful, you know? peace yeah that, that's where I'm at when that happens and and I'm, I'm free you know uh, I don't know about anybody else but like um, 
there's a lot going on between my ears most of the time, and it's a lot of noise that uh, doesn't serve me, you know. You know, it's, it's hard to stay stay centered and in the moment, and music definitely brings me to that. And when a song hits me that very hard in the soul, in the heart, I am completely in the moment with it, and that that is very freeing. And because uh, to be honest, I think most people, and I I know this from myself, that I were thinking about what happened or what's gonna happen. And there's a lot of fear in both the future and and sadness in the past for a lot of people. And growing up and being around, uh, living in the times that we live in is it's it's difficult, you know, for most people. I think, uh, myself included, you know, it's I don't think we're meant to live like this, you know, and tight spaces and and uh, all the anger that goes around so it's it's challenging and you never know who's going to be a friend or foe and you know um, for me when, when I'm at home when I'm when I'm there it's just like feels like home it's like oh that feels good you know it's like wow I get to experience that and it's it's in a gratitude thing you know wow that sounds good. to Ted. I think it's really interesting to think about taking a break from music. I mean, Tad's been in a lot of bands. It's not just Tad, not just Brothers of the Sonic Cloth. Like there's other bands in there in his history as well. Mm-hmm. But to take a break for five or six years from making music or really from listening to much music mm-hmm. and then hear a song like War Pigs where you're just like, oh, I have to do this again. This like, is in my blood. Yeah. Like yeah. I feel this. This matters to me. Yeah. And to have that like kick you into gear again. And, you know, there's this idea that when you're not making, that doesn't mean that you're not productive. Like that there's like, it's like this hibernation, you know, like there's this dormancy yeah. of creativity that you need and things are like percolating. That's actually something that I was talking to Jessica Hoop about in an interview that I did with her recently, and we're going to be hearing from her later this season more on that idea that there are no breaks, like there are no pauses in creativity. Um, it's just part of a cycle. Yeah, right? yeah. That like something is brewing, something is always bubbling up. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. Talking to Tad was intense and wonderful and lovely and not by any means was this the last time that we would like to talk to him like we know that people want to hear more from him so we would like to know what you would like to hear from like what we should talk to Tad about next time hoping that we get to talk to him again same with Beach House and I think same with all of the artists that we're getting the opportunity to talk to we consider all of these an introduction to these you know to these artists or to this you know us having these conversations yeah and if we're lucky we get to talk to them again yeah so if there is 
if you guys have a line of questioning or a follow-up question or something that if we get a chance to talk to someone like Tad or Beach House or Clipping yeah, or Kyle Thomas or Mass Gothic or whomever it is that we've talked to previously on the podcast, let us know on Twitter or you can write to us where, what is our email address? Podcast at subpop.com. It's easy enough That's to remember. That's pretty good. Yeah. So you can you can write to us there and let us know because this is this is an evolving project and we would like to talk to all of the people that we've spoken to already at least one more time if we're lucky. <laughs> yeah, and now is the time to do it because you would have our full attention. Yeah, we are <laughs> like, in the planning stages of season three, and we really want the feedback. <laughs> not that we're desperate. No, or of course are we? not. Not or that like. We? someone liked something that we put on Twitter and like 22 seconds later I responded to them. Not that that has happened ever. That is hilarious and mm. I love that was making us joke about like the Sub Pop podcast promise. We will like something within 10 seconds of you posting it. It just happened to be that you were looking. It just I happened to be that I looking. constantly have that page open. Anyway, That's enough about it has our, our desperation. Right, yeah. So, alright. Okay, so what do we have coming up next on the Sub Pop Podcast? Episode five is uh, happens in Los Angeles. It does, doesn't yeah, it? It's from our trip down there after we went to Max FunCon, and then I was in LA for the week after doing interviews, and I talked to a number of people. Two of them, two of the interviews you'll hear next episode, which is Jonah Ray and CSS, and Jonah is one of the one of the many hosts on the Nerdist podcast and he's got a Comedy Central show and he has a CISO show, Hidden America, which I talked to him about. Yep. And then CSS was the first South American band to be signed to Sub Pop. They're <laughs> it's also, true facts. It's, it's true. This is true. Uh, they're known and loved for their danceable electro pop. They're incredibly interested in astrology. Yeah. They read you like a book. Yeah, they really did. <laughs> And Jonah was incredible to talk to. They were it was it was a lovely time. Yeah. Mostly. Los Angeles was mostly lovely. But stay tuned for more on that next time on the <laughs> Sub Pop Podcast. Um music you heard on today's episode. Mud Honey, of course, and Tad and Beach House and the Afghan Wigs, along with Thumpers, Strange Wilds, Chastity Belt, Doldrums, Ruby Suns, Low, and Shabazz Palaces. Yeah, all such good music. The playlist is on. I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> the playlist is on Sub Pop FM. You have to check out Stuart's no show notes. I mean, it's not an order. It's a request. But I think it's worth it. You'll enjoy it. Stuart's <laughs> show notes are so good. Um, so thank you again to the big bosses at Sub Pop and the staff of Sub Pop and Hardly Art. Yeah. And I think a special thanks to the YouTube commenters. Oh, yeah. Hey, you know... I was checking the YouTube comments for Beach House. Happened to see a, a YouTube comment for the Sub Pop podcast. Oh, yeah. You want to hear it? I do. Um, someone was very nice, but like streaks with joy. That's nice. Then the other one was TBH. Just came here to dislike. I'm not even listening. Wow. Not quite to the level. Give me this. <laughs> Well, Bob, Bob, Bobby, since you're not even listening, screw you. That sucks. <laughs> Jesus.
closed my eyes, listened to this, and literally, I thought I was dying. Backwards. Say it again. No, that was good. Okay, good. <laughs> 